Right. <clears throat> so we have to first summarize um, what we're learning. Not just for you, Evan, but for all of us, so we could get back into the headspace. But yes, for you also, Evan. Thank you. So, <clears throat> with the Pia after very, very lengthy couple of pages, basically um, speaking about how necessary it is to have machshava to be able to have thought, to be able to uh, exercise controlled, mindful thought. After pages of doing that, he then said how sad it is that people can't get out of their nature, that they can't think such thoughts because they're so used to thinking about physicality. And people can't imagine what does it mean to think, use my mind and think about God. And like we said, not just about what God gives you, what, what you receive from God, but to, to think about God, to have godly thoughts. What does that mean? What am I supposed to be thinking about? And so Pizasu says it's sad that some people can't get out of that, that being used to only thinking physical thoughts tangible thoughts, corporeal thoughts, and therefore can't get out of this, this, this having to picture something physical. So then the Piazetzner, in order to satisfy that person, because he brought, he said over a story, he said over an anecdote, that Avrech, a certain young man, one of the chassidim of the Piazetzner, came to the chassid, to, to Piazetzner, and he complained, he cried to the Piazetzner that, what could I do, I can't, I can't manage to daven and have real thought if I don't picture God. Like, I, like what am I supposed to do? I, I can't imagine. I, I don't know what it means to have thoughts without physical manifestations. Right? Like, if, remember, we learned about like the pauper that dreams he's a king. Person that, you know, how am I going to feed all the armies? Right? Remember that, Marshall? You can't, I can't, if I don't know what thoughts are, I'm, 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 I'm talking about different, completely different apples and oranges. <clears throat> So how am I supposed to go on? So what the Pizetzner did is he brought, had a radical interpretation of the Ravid. Pizetzner said, okay, for you, that the, the beginner, those that can't, that is impossible, you just can't have Kavana without having some kind of thought. So he says, I'll bring you a heter from the Ravid. What's the Ravid? So and it's, it's a very mechudish, a very novel way and radical way of understanding the Ravid. So the Ravid is on the Rambam. By the way, I'm sum- what I'm summarizing now is on page 19 in the Hebrew. And in the English, it is... Around like 15 or 16. Uh, yeah. Well, that's where I was last off. The English, what I'm summarizing is... Yeah, on page 16, 17. So, basically, so yeah. the, the, the Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva talks about and lists all those that are considered a min, a heretic, an apikoros... And one of the things that the Rambam lists that will make you a um, good old-fashioned apikoris is, the, says the Rambam, is a person that thinks that God has a body or any corporeal form. Right? The Rambam says that's heresy. You can't think about that. Says the Ravid. Ravid says, what do you mean? Lama Karla Zemin. Why would you call such a person a heretic? The Ravid says there are people much greater than the Rambam that thought of God as corporeal. I was speaking to Reb Effi Unterman after last class and he, he said that it's mashma from a Rashi, that Rashi was one of those. That, that uh, when it says in last week's Parsha, in Parsha's Ve'er, when it says, when yodi, I will outstretch my hand, there's a place where Rashi says, Yodi Mamish. So, uh, so, so he said, some people, he said, uh, Shalom Karmi said that they wanted to learn that, that Rashi is one of those people that Ravid is talking about. But it doesn't mean, even according to that shita, it doesn't mean literally a hand. It, he won't say like, 
like the the energy of the universe as a hand, as a as a particular manifest, corporeal manifestation, so to speak. But obviously, something cosmic we're talking about. We're not talking about a, we're talking about like seeing that the divine has some kind of actual physical manifestation of of the universe of energy as a hand, whatever. But the bottom line is that. <clears throat> The Ravid says there are people greater than the Rambam that thought about God as having form. So, ah, oh, Bruchem Aboim. Welcome back. I thought you'd never come back. I thought you'd love it so much you'd never come back. Where did he go? He was in Israel for like a month and a half. A month and a half? Wow. So as to avoid the flight, it might have been a good idea. What's that? So as to avoid the flight back, it might have been a good idea. Sorry. Well, welcome back. I'd love to hear all about it. Did you buy a house there yet? You, you like already moved in, or not yet? Not yet. Okay. <coughs> anyway, so the Pezetzner learns a gewaldic radical pshat in the Ravid. He says when the Ravid is saying that there are people greater than the Rambam that thought of God as corporeal, that thought of God as a body. The Pesetzman says, even the Ravid doesn't mean to say that there are people that literally thought that God is corporeal, had some kind of corporeal body or form. Even the Ravid didn't mean that, the Pesetzman says. What the Ravid was doing was talking about a person like this that isn't able to daven without some kind of physical image. He's not able to have his machshava strong without a tzir, without a form. Because he's so physical and so completely trapped in the physicality. So he, he has to have some kind of form to be able to daven. He says, now of course, that's the, so it's a bidyevid. I mean, according to Bizetzner, even the Ravid would say it's a bidyevid, right? The, the Ravid is only saying you could do it if you need, to, if you need to, to, to be able to hold your thought and be able to think deeply on Hashem. It's hard to say that that's really shot in the Ravid. What? It's difficult to say that that's really shot Why? Why do you the, say that? The Rambam was... Because the Ravid's on the Rambam, he's talking about a general theological belief, not just the the use of a theological <coughs> trope in the in the context of davening. Yeah, but if the Rambam is saying that anyone that thinks of a physical form to God is a heretic, yeah. So so the Ravid is saying, but there are some people that do. Right. So and the possessor is saying, when do they? By davening. Yeah, but it's not. Okay, it's, it's a chesidish pshat and a chanami. It's not, a, you know, you wouldn't say it over and brisk. No. Right, right, right. Agreed. But what I want to do, since we're on this nakuda, before we go weiter, and then, by the way, he finished off and said, he said, Vagamata, bottom of page 19 in Hebrew, Gamata, chevra chevrai, you too, member of this community, Bishasat chak, in an emergency situation where you can't control your mind, make a form, picture in your head, that you're standing before God's throne, <clears throat> and he started doing with the Piazetzner thing that he does, when he starts right away, waxing into, into emotions, you're davening to Hashem, and you're like a child begging his father, and like, beg, have mercy in me, my father, I can't handle anymore to be with the completely lost in, in the bodiliness and, and not have any, any spirituality from the time that I've been chased away from your face all I have is fear around me etc so Piazzesma says so have that, have that form, have that picture now <clears throat> I want to share with you before we go weiter this is what we're up to, so we're up to Isches in the Hebrew, I'm not in, um, in the English uh, I think it's called Eight. theory and emotion right? Yeah, thought. Theor- thought and feeling right 
But I, before we go weiter, I want this idea of, of picturing God with a physical form. I want to share with you something from the Alter Rebbe that I, I found. Um, <clears throat> I had mentioned last week <clears throat> that a similar idea is found in the Ramak from Ramosha Cardovero. And Bechlal, I mean, you know, the, the, that, this, I, that you could originally picture God in such a way, I mentioned that really the Navim do that, and the Torah does that. That's what the Ravid is saying, why those people held like that, because the Torah does speak anthropomorphically of God, right? <clears throat> so, so the Ravid is saying that, that, that it's okay. So listen to the Alter Rebbe, what the Alter Rebbe says. This, I, I, ne- I recently found this. He says like this. I'm gonna, it's a very short mimer, and I'm not going to go the whole thing, but just some of the ideas. That, that this idea that even the Nevi'im, that even the Torah spoke anthropomorphically, etc. Listen to what the Alter Rebbe says. He says, Reisha Sayyidiyah, the first thing a person has to know is that the purpose of our creation is that we should know the downshading of worlds, the manifestations of God in order to come to love of God. Which is a very Hasidic basic concept, that even if one serves God with speech and action, but doesn't wake, make oneself into a dwelling place, into a mishkan, to have God in our thoughts, in our hearts, that's then you, then that's missing probably the most important, if not the most important thing. And so the Alter says, in order for, t- this is by the way in Mamar Yad Zokin Haktsarim, the short Mamar of the Alter Rebbe, and it's on Erech Hizboinunus, page Tov Samech Ches. So he says, so therefore we have to meditate on, the, on the, all the downshading of worlds, the, great, the vastness of God through the downshading of all the worlds with myriads of levels, with, with many, many contractions and concealments to bring about this world. He says, and this meditating, that you're meditating on all the levels and all the worlds, and as God light, you know, successively gets more and more concealed, the different worlds, and you read in Kabbalah that there's 12,000 worlds and over here and millions of worlds over there. So right away, you have to know, first of all, you're not thinking about God himself. Whatever you're thinking, whatever you're picturing, as soon as you're picturing it, it's not God. <clears throat> I saw brought down from the um, from the uh, Shlaim Alkovitz, the author of the Chadoidi, who the Chadoidi is all anthropomorphic. It's Chadoidi Likras Kala. Doidi is Zerampin Kala, is Malchus. Your mom is making God into a Chasana Kala that's getting to, that's unified, right? And so Shlaim Alkovitz says that Avadawi, that, 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 um, any time we think about God, as much as you, it's always going to be somehow physical because that's how our mind thinks. So obviously, so in the beginning it is going to, but you're not thinking about God. We have to know it's not actually atzmos. It's not the essence of God you're thinking about. It's his, it's his emanations. Because leis machshavet no thought could grasp God at all. It's impossible for a thought to grasp God. Could a rock, could a rock perceive, could a rock understand what I'm saying right now? No. And there's a very small distance between me and the rock when it, uh, as opposed to me to God. So if the rock can't understand me talking, I could understand God. It, it's the thought, it's, it's a different, it, it broadcasts on a different uh, wave, different channel. Thoughts just don't grasp over there. Ella, what is our mind able to meditate on? And this is going to be very relevant with the possessing of Sevaiter. Ella, Rather, it's his actions and his emanations, his, his spashtus, his spreading out of his light from the highest of all levels and understanding his greatness and how the infinite light of God is 
Hashem is giving the infinite light of God becomes go through so many millions of levels until every single being in the world, every caterpillar, every worm is able to have its life force that it needs. And the more you meditate on this, the more that arouses love of God in a person's soul. And therefore, Everyone is obligated. By the way, this is the Rambam also, right? The Rambam says in, in Mishnah Torah, in the second parak, how do you come to Avas Hashem? By meditating on God's, uh, God's works. So a person has this, has a chayv, everyone has to go deep and think about this a lot. Oh, says the Altar ask the Altar of a question. Even though seemingly, seemingly, what do you mean, I'm not able to really perceive essentially the divine lights that I'm thinking about. Whatever I'm thinking about, whatever I'm trying to, and I know it's, I know it's not really physical, but whatever I'm, I'm picturing, I'm not... I'm not having most atzmas arasel yoyinim. I'm not having the understanding of what this divine light is. Right? Like we spoke about many times, the Maharal says, you want to know what God is? You don't even know what your own soul is. But they ask you, what's your soul? What's life? You're alive. What is life? <laughs> you, can't, you don't know what it is. Some kind of energy. You don't know. It's undefinable. So he says, Kavachim, when it comes to divine light, we, we don't know what it is. He says, we, we listen to the words you can't completely take away corporeality says the Alter Rebbe that's okay Mamash like the Pizetzer and, and the reason I'm, I'm pointing this out is because the next page we're gonna, the Pizetzer is going to say something that is antithetical to Chabad that literally Chabad and Pizetzer are exact opposite but here it's the same thing the Alter Rebbe says it's not, you don't have to worry. Not such a chashash. Even if you can't take away the physical. Why? You're not, what you're thinking about, you're not thinking about divinity. No, you're not thinking about God. You know you're not thinking about God. You're thinking about manifestations, emanations. You know you're not thinking about God himself. And all these things you're thinking about, you're not worshipping them. So who cares if you have a, if you have a physical form? You're not, if you have a form of picture, it'll help you to picture God as an old man with a long white beard. You know that's not God. You're not serving the white man with the long white beard. You're just having that picture in your hands. The algebra says, who cares? If you're picturing lights and millions of worlds and the solar system and the Milky Way and how that's all within God's light and God is infinitely beyond that. So you're picturing all these forms, that the pictures. The algebra says, that's okay. You're not, you know that that's not God. You're not worshiping them. He says, the only, and, and you're allowed to do it especially because since no thought could grasp God, and the only way to come to love God is to have thoughts about God. How does one come to love God? By thinking about God. But you have this catch-22. If I think about God, I'm, I'm, having, a, I'm having a physical kind of form. The altar says, that's okay. You know that's not God. You know it's just His manifestations, and you're not serving those manifestations. And he says, friendly, he gives a great example, like Merkava Sicheskel. The first chapter of Yechezko, right? Meisim Merkava, the Divine Chariot. You ever read it? It's the Haftar on Shvuas. He says the, the, that one angel had the face of a lion and one has the face of an ox, right? In Yechezko, on God's throne of glory. One has a face of an ox, one has a face of a lion. Four wings each of them have. The Ofanama like wheels, right? And says the Alter Rebbe, of course everything is Alderach Moshel V'chid and Gashmi. Of course it's all a Moshel. It's not a lion the way we know a lion. But yet the Torah used that word and knows that we're going to think of a lion. But it's not a physical lion. The lions of this world, 
come to, are, are derived through millions of descents of contractions of divine light till you have a line from this world. So the line that's on God's throne is something completely different. And yet, the Torah doesn't, is not worried that I'll think about an actual line. Who cares? It's not God. You're not worshipping it. And he brings another example, which I actually want to speak out because of the, the, the Tanya, it's brought a few times. A Geval de Gemar and Chagiga. And it's a very good Gemar to think about. I'm telling you, Tanya brings it a few times. This Gemar to think about when you want to think about the Gedul Hashem. If the universe, if the solar system and you know, the Milky Way is not, is not enough... So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says that uh, it, from here till heaven, how long would it take to get? 500 years. From here to the first firmament. You know, there are seven Shivarakim. There are seven firmaments. Shivarakim. So Gemara Chagiga says, how long would it take to get from here to the first firmament? 500 years. Now I never know, I don't know does that mean by foot, by horse, yeah. by uh, spaceship. Light, light speed. Spaceship, yeah. I love Buzz Lightyear. And, you know, the Right, I'm not sure. So I don't know what the Gemara is talking about, but the, the point is well taken. Whatever it is, it's 500 years. No matter how, you, how you're traveling, it's 500 years. So then the, then the Gemara says, that's, be, that's until the first Rakia. Now, Ben Kol Rakia, between each of the seven is 500 years. And all the seven are 500 years. Anyone keeping count? Where we're up to yet? 30 Yeah? Well, seven times five. Uh, seven times five, and then the space in between. Uh, is also six Rikia times five. Is, in other words, it's five hundred. Each is five hundred years. Each, and then there's there's seven levels. levels. There's more. The so seven times seven is 40, forty-nine times five hundred. Yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. You're right. No, it's four. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No. You're right. 49 Wait, but let me get you really confused. No, it's Wait. seven times five. No, it's Wait. seven. T- it's it's no, it's more than seven because it's there. It's fourteen. Thirteen. Thirteen. Because each rakia is itself 500 years. So then there are spaces in between that's 500 years. So it's, so it's 6 no. times 500? Seven, no, Maybe it's 14 because there's also from here to the first Wait, place. let me, wait. So then the Gemara says, <laughs> However much that was, however many thousands of years we came out to, 13 times 500? What is that, uh, 13,000 or something? Ragle Achayes Keneged Kula. 6,500 years. Ragle Achayes, the feet of the Chayes. The Chayes are one of the levels of angels. Ragle Achayes Keneged Kula. Their feet is bigger than all of that. That's how many years their feet are. Karsule Achayes, the, uh, what do you call it between the ankle and the knee? Calf. The calf, the calf of the, of the Chayes. Keneged Kulam is more than the feet and all the Rakim. And then it goes weiter and it says, Shoike um, Achayis, uh, their thighs, is more than that. Then the Karnaim, their horns, is more than all that put together. And then it says there, then, and how many angels are there? So the, Dani, the, the Gemara is a contradiction. One place it says that there's a hundred million angels. And another, another place says, There's no amount of his troops, they're infinite. So the Gemara answers that one Gdud is, is a million, whatever, ten, a million, ten hundred thousand Malachim. But there is no limit to how many legions of angels they have. And they're all that many thousands of years vis-a-vis us. Now, but says the Alter Rebbe, so, okay, that really helps, it, it puts perspective, the, if you really think about it, of the vastness of God. Because all of that is just a little light of God. All of the chayas and all the angels, the millions of angels, to of course, feel even that whole thing is a metaphor. Exactly. So the Alter Rebbe says that whole thing is metaphor. It says the angels don't have thighs and shins. They have where our thighs and shins come from. 
that our thighs and shins derive from that spiritual force of the that angels. Analogy called. Of, yeah. Wasn't Yitzchak having an actual vision? Seeing, yeah. yeah. Seeing something physical. But so, but the Nevi'im had to talk to you. And that's exactly what the Rebbe says. He says. Um, the only way your ear could hear, but of course it's a Moshal Gashmi. Now, whether or not Yechezkel saw it or not, what he saw, or he's, he's talking now, that's already a discussion, but it's obvious that he, he knew what he was seeing. Kids, but then the says, but it's in order to come to love Hashem. Um, as long as it's in order to come to Hashem, he says, that's fine. Yeah, go on. What's that? Number why about thinking about Hashem. It's not possible. Like, that, so that's exactly what he's saying. So what we are thinking about is his manifestations, as he as his mispashit. What's the best translation of spashtus? To spread, uh, to a spreading forward, yeah. an emanation. Yeah, emanation. You're thinking about his emanations. Involved. Like for instance, the example that, that we say, Atik Yoimen. Arizal says in one place, tired to Imagine that Atik Yoimen is an old man with a white beard. Because it says it in Daniel, Atik Yoimen, uh, what's the Lashon? No? Ketsem or Naka, that is, his, his hair was like, in Daniel, it, it talks about God as being with, a, with white hair. Right? And, and that's what the, the Gemara asks, and we speak about it in Animus Miros, right? Mm. Uh, that, that, other place, uh, that other places it says that he has black hair. When he does battle, he has black hair like a youth. When he has, so it, it says, by, by, on, the Yam, on, on the Yam Suf, the Chazal say God appeared to them as a warrior. And on my Bumatan Torah, he appeared to them as an old man. You know, and on its own, but the warrior, the man, whatever you're picturing, that's not God. We know that's not God. We know that's just that our mind should be able to grasp on. So Altabah says, who cares? As long as that's going to arouse you to love Hashem. That is how you think of Hashem. You're thinking of Hashem by thinking of His manifestations. But what's the correlation between the manifestation? Like there, when you talk about a manifestation, you're talking about some some expression that is continuous with the origin with the origin. But the origin is so transcendent. That's what so Simpson, that's where Simpson comes in. Exactly. That's what Simpson comes in. In other words, because because there's such a radical, not just radical, but infinite, you know, leap from God to manifestations, that's exactly why you need Simpson. Where there has to be the, the original concealment. Um, one more thing I want to read to, from the Alter Rebbe here. Uh, um, he says, the more that one meditates on this, the more we'll come to love Hashem. And especially, he says, Mahmas, since a person from his youth is used to thinking of physical things, it's much like the Piazetzner, right? He's used to having physical thoughts. Mom's like the Pizetsun says. He sees the, the heaven and physical heaven and earth. And therefore it's going to be very hard for him to love God, which is above perception. I'm so used to seeing physical things. How am I going to love God that I can't experience? Which is exactly what the Pizetsun is saying. So, yeah, so use those things if you need to. Use, use those Mishalim those if you need to use them, just like the prophets did. Right? Confusing, though. Sorry. It's hard to... What's confusing? It's hard to maintain, like, you, you're, like, tricking yourself, or, like, or you're getting yourself to an end that, that you know you can't get to. So I'm saying it's hard to... Hold both of those true at the same time. Like I'm thinking about 
quote unquote Hashem, but it's not actually Hashem. Well, what happens when you put on tefillin? <coughs> Are you getting to God? Yeah. Answer is yes, but you don't feel that, right? You don't feel that ultimate essential objective you, truth. Then here you're telling yourself, I'm thinking about Hashem when, when you're. So that's what I'm saying. You're not, you, you tell yourself, that's what Altruba says. You tell yourself, you're not thinking about Hashem, Atmos. You're thinking about the way Hashem manifests. Do you know that in Nefshachayim, and many Litvisha Svarim, and it's also fine, I found in the Bnei Sashar, the same idea. They speak about that when we daven to God, we're davening to God after Tzimtzum, after He contracts Himself. Because <clears throat> at the place of His essence, we don't exist. All there is is Him. So, so to speak, you have to have in mind that when you're talking to God, you're talking to Hashem after Tzimtzum. And Chassidus Chabad is a mamash not. Eilav v'loilu midoisav. Remik Hashem alekeinu b'chol kareinu eilav. Eilav is baruch mamash, that you're mamash speaking to Atzmus, the essence of God. So you know you're speaking to the essence of God. You're davening to the essence of God, but that's not what you're picturing in your mind. Mm. And that's okay. It's exactly what the says. That's the whole point is to picture in your mind the worlds and creation and all these emanations in order to come to love Hashem. So it's not a trick. It's, it's all real. When, you, when you're saying that, that the one angel on the Merkava has the face of a lion, that's not a trick. It's what it says in the Navi. The question is, what does it mean, a face of a lion? Okay, we don't know what the spiritual uh, meaning of face of a lion is, but the lion that we have down here comes from there. Bruchem Abayim. Yeah? In San it's not a trick. It's, it's, it's like when you teach, when you teach, a, uh, when you te- when you teach a kid uh, the hand of God, he's going to picture a hand. Is that a trick? But the kid, but the kid thinks of the hand. That's my point. Exactly. So is that a truth? So why do we do that? The answer is because that's the, we we the words that he uses is minha um, the the words that that's brought from Alkavitz minha murgish ala muskul minha muskul ala nela, which means minha murgish. You 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 go from the corporeal, from what you could feel, what you could experience, elha muskul, to abstract thought, thinking about God abstractly. And from that you go to the completely hidden. That aspect of God that thought can't grasp. What do you mean you go to it? You know that's who you're thinking about even though that's not how you're thinking it. It's a, it's a developmental I quoted you before, strategy. by the way. Yeah, what? It, that it's a developmental... It's the same thing that the Rambam says at the Hakdama of the Perkhelech, that when, when the Torah talks about rewards for, you know, for sin and... and Mitzvahs, it's, uh-huh. it's a way to move somebody up. You don't do it for that purpose. Hundred percent. It's a it's a development. It's a stepping. It's a stepping. And the Pizzasso said that before. But how often do we not progress, or do people not make it past thinking about the hand? More often than not. <laughs> but if you don't have the hand, then you have nothing. Yeah. So at least you you have some. Even if it's false, it's mo- it's moving you in a certain direction. It's a po- right. It's like the, in Zen they say the words are pointers to, to right. the ultimate truth. The ultimate truth are like Kant, right? The, the thing in itself we don't know. We just have the way it manifests. So Kavachaymu when it comes to God, we have his manifestations, and that's again that's why the same with Shlomo Alkovitz is it makes in the this whole thing about Chas and Kala. It's all God. When you're saying, you know, we have, unfortunately, it's become like this whole, you know, it's been romanticized, literally, not like the philosophy of romanticism, but like they made L'chadoyed into a thing that is sung at weddings and stuff, 
But it's Mamish talking about God. Yichud Kutcha Bruchavishchinte, the unity of two aspects of God. And a Chanami, 100%, right? Same thing. Tov. So that's the idea of, of, of having a corporal image, the Ravid's Heter. Or like Rabbi Galib was insistent to clarify the Piazetzner's radical understanding of the Ravid. Okay, Eitz Ches, page 20. There are two things that are nechutzim uh, lanu means um, very necessary, and yet both were lacking. Now, and always, you know, when, when you read that the Piazetzner, I know he's being modest, but even if you talk about his chesidim and say they're lacking, it's like a, this. Imagine what we're holding. It's something. It's yeah. <clears throat> Two things are necessary, but we're lacking both. What are they? Number one, hisrachfus v'shichlul ha'machshava, being able to um, develop and widen one's meditative awareness, right? One's, one's being able to have das, one's being able to have thought on God, one's being able to control one's mind Hashem, meaning machshava tova, that's one thing we're missing. And the other thing is feeling, is inspiration and feeling, right? So it's the two things we're missing is thought and feeling. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Just those things. Just those things with, with thoughts about God everything and feeling God. Everything else is good. Well, but that unfortunately, that is everything. That ortho, ortho, like orthodoxy sometimes here. becomes orthopraxy, right? We know that unfortunately, that, that everything else is good, right? There, you know, my, my Rebbe Rebbe Weinberger, he, he, I remember when he first came to Woodman, now already like, you know, he's you know, well known and everything, you know, but, but when he first came to Woodman, people were talking about the Chesidish guy that came, whatever. So, one of the things I remember he would always say is, you know, the pizza places we have, are mamish like more than any other generation. We have still, all the restaurants. He's still on that. Oh, he's still on that? He, yeah, he still says that? It's the, it's the restaurants, it's the cruises, it's the yeah. Miami. Right. Oh, that's for sure. So, but yeah. I wonder about that. He's still talking about <laughs> 60 years from not where we, you know. Yeah, so we're doing well when it comes to all those things. When it comes, it's like mamish like, it's mamish like, there was a rav uh, in Tel Aviv, I think right after the state, was established. His name is Rav Moshe Avigdor Amiel. You ever heard of Rav Amiel? Yeah, he was the yeah. chief rabbi of Tel Aviv. Of Tel Aviv, before just the said. state. Was before the state, yeah, not he after. Beat, he beat out the Rav. Right. He, he beat out the Rav in right. 1933 or something. What, to become that To become job? Rav of, of so Tel Aviv. brought someone out from outside to do that, that job? Well, he was, the, he was the more inside candidate because he was a big Mizrahi leader and the Rav was, you know, come from, came from an Aguda. His family wasn't religious Zionist. So, and he was much younger than Rav Moshe Avigdor Miel. Rav Moshe Avigdor Miel was a genius. He was a Talmud of Pshim and Shkop. And he has a sefer called Hamidois Lecheker Ha'alacha. You never saw it? It's so much fun to read. He basically, he, he, all the lambdas, he puts them like an in encyclopedia. In encyclopedia of lambdas. Anyway, he has another book called Drashot El Ami, because his name is Amiel. So, Drashot El Ami. And... He basically, one of the things he says is that our generation, and imagine, like you said, he's talking in the 30s or something, right? right? 30s, yeah. he, says, he says, our generation is like Yechezkel's, the prophecy of Yechezkel of the Valley of the Dry Bones. If you remember when Hashem says to Yechezkel, do you see the bones? Prophecy on them. 
and Yechezkel says to God, will they really look, come together? And, and God says, they come together and the bones come together and it has skin and it has, and it has flesh and sinews, everything. But didn't have ruach. Geist, spirit, didn't have spirit, didn't have neshama. So the, the Rav Miel said, that's our generation. Right, we have, uh, like, we have, that's all, we're just missing the feeling and the, and the thoughts. But everything else, the, the pizza places are, can I know the steak and everything. B'cholof and says the Pizetsu, so we're missing these two things. But says the Pizetsu, we have to know, Be'emes, Shnehem Shehem Echadhem. Shnehem Shehem Echadhem. They're two that are really one. Now, of course, over here he's making a play on the words of Chazal, Shnehem Shehem Arba, right? There's, Chazal in many places talk about two that really are four. Like in the beginning of Shabbos, right? The beginning of Shavuos. No, no. Oh, oh, that's also the, the, the right, the, the Zrikas have to be Shtayim Shen Arba, correct, right? Of course, so, so, um, Maris Negoim, a whole bunch of things, Shtayim Shen Arba, that's the Lashon of Chazal, two that's really four. So he's saying these two are really one. Thought and feeling are really one. Why? He says, I give out the proof. Ki When a person is in a, in a state of crisis, an emergency situation, a tsar, a tsar, a tsara, a terrible thing that's happening, a scary moment. and Then he says, Is he missing machshava? Is he missing being able to think about God? Does he have to work at it? No. Why? Because his emotions are 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 struck. We have to. The Pizetzner is explaining here something very fundamental. Thoughts. Stick to emotions. Emotions are glue to thoughts. Emotions literally are glue to thoughts. So when you're moved emotionally about something, you'll always be thinking about it. When you're moved to, some, to love something, when your emotion feels love, you'll always be thinking about it. Or her, like the Rambam says. Right? When, when you're nervous about something, it's something you have anxiety or fear, you can't stop thinking about it. It's an emotional thing. The emotions are the glue to these thoughts. So Pizetsu says, so you see, if a person is moved emotionally by tsar, by, by, I remember one of the most scariest moments of my life. So my, my third son, my Lipa, so when he was born, Mamasha, a couple of minutes after he was born, he started turning blue. And uh, make long story short, his lungs were completely not developed. They were developed like a 20-month-old, a 20-week-old. And he had to be put on life support, like Mamasha, minutes after he was born. And... They were pumped. They had to pump in like eighty-five percent, you know, of the oxygen, and so his body was like going up and down. And I, I it's a mad newborn that you see. But I, I just couldn't look at him, and I ran and I started. I wanted to daven Hashem, and I couldn't even say a word. Like I was just completely like hoshiyenim, you know, like a complete just da, us being in a state of tefillah that's beyond words, right? So Pizesna says, when you come those moments in life, we should know from it when it's something negative or something positive. You daven to Hashem on a, on, a, on a very happy day, right? You don't have a hard time then, but when you're very, very happy, when you're in a very good mood, it's easier to daven to Hashem. Again, because when your emotions are there, your thoughts are there. He says, and he says, and he brings another proof. When a person is moved on the Yom Neroim Roshon Yom Kippur, because Rosh Hashanah Kippur moves our emotions. We all, we all, it means something to us emotionally, Rosh Hashanah Kippur. 
If you if you're in brought up Jewish, then Yoshanim Kippur just the words make you feel something. Just thinking about the words Yoshanim Kippur make you feel uncomfortable, right? I was thinking, you know, how many more months do we have left to Yoshanim Kippur? Yeah, so used to say that when they did Shabbos Mavarchim Elul. Right, even the fish. Everybody would, you know, shaking. Even the fish, he would say, even the fish in the sea shake. Right, yeah. So when it comes to, because why? It's an emotional thing. So you don't have a problem with Machshava. He says, Loi, b'shashim eslav mis'oyrir, hu b'leishum machshava. Now this mamish makes absolutely no sense with, its, with these words. I listened to Rabbi Weinberger's uh, uh, thing. Rabbi Weinberger, I wanted to know how he learns this. And he, said he, he also said he doesn't understand what it's saying. But Rabbi Shulman, I mamish think he's correct. He adds the words, this, thoughts of this world. Machshavas oilam hazeh. In the English translation, that's, that's, what he, that's, what, that's what's missing. Machshavah binyona oilam hazeh. That's how Rabbi Shulman translates it, that lacking the thoughts of things of this world. So what's the Piazetsu saying? When you're on fire, when you're inspired with Hashem, you don't have thoughts of things of this world. You don't have to battle having thoughts of this world. Like we said, by Ne'ilah, by Shoifer, you're not thinking about a good steak. Because why? Because when your emotions are moved, are moved your, your machshava goes right after. Yesh le machshava. What's that? Could be. Could be. Could be. Anyway, but Yeshle Machshavu, and when a person is moved at such times of real inspiration, being on fire, you have Machshavu. What's the Machshavu? Everyone has a Machshavu, everyone has a thought, a, a feeling based on their Matzav, on their um, level. Umatzav Eslavu say how much a person is on fire. And a person could see that the God's throne of glory is coming down to you. Because we know that Yecheskel saw God's, the God on the throne of glory was the world of Yetzirah. But the world of Asiyah is God coming down on the throne of glory. And in our world, God is here in His throne of glory. God is here in the throne of glory everywhere. And a person feels that I'm standing before that. With great feeling. And I praise God. Right? And, and so another, I'm Mamisham able, a person, he's saying to Pezetsner, you see that when a person's emotionally moved, you're able to feel God right in front of you. You're able to feel the presence of God. Right? It's, it's, it's a sad thing that, or happy thing, we feel God most at times of extreme joy and extreme sadness or extreme longing or extreme, or extreme you know, uh, having. But, but he's saying you don't have to work on it then. You feel God, the, God's throne of glory right in front of you. You're not praising a king that's located hundreds of thousands of miles away from you. You're not praising some kind of being that's a thousand miles away. You know, when we say God is Avinu Shabashamayim, what how do you understand Avinu Shabashamayim? It doesn't mean literally the sky. God is here as much as He's in the sky. God is everywhere the same. In fact, higher, everywhere is within you know, God. He's a higher level of being. Oh, so Avinu so Shemayim, heaven, is a state of reality. It's a state of perception of reality. Like we've learned about many times, Gan Eden is not another place. The way we understand place and physicality is only in physicality. But in spirituality, the idea of place is, doesn't apply. It's all what we would call here. 
right? So heaven is just another way of, of Shamayim is another way of, of, of looking at the world. That's what it means that we make heaven a place on earth. To quote Belinda Carlisle. Yeah, right, Rebbets and Belinda. Right, so you're not praising some kind of king that's thousands of miles away, thousands of miles away from you. Rakis Hashem, Asher Neged Einov. When, you, when you're inspired, you're able to come to thoughts and feel how a God is mamish neged enov. Look at the words. Asher Hashem, es Hashem asher neged enov. That's before your eyes. You're mamish like seeing God. Like we spoke about last week, about the, the idea of, of seeing God with the mind's eye, using the physical eye. and you say, Lecha Hashem You talk to God in the second person. Learned, I mentioned, I think, what's the most important word in davening? Ata, you. To say to God, you. In the, in the second, right? Martin Buber calls I and that. To have an I and that relationship with God. To know that you're, it's not just God of heaven and earth. My God. That literally God is standing, you're standing before God, just you and God. Right? That's ultimately the Atta. That's, if we would live with that, we would be much holier people. But that's the ultimate truth. That all of life is forever lived in the presence of God. Rabbi says, that's the whole Indian of Brachas. What's the Indian of Brachas? Hakaras Hanoichach. To be aware of in whose presence one is. And really, real religiosity, Adlain Heschel says this many times, real piety and religiosity is that constant awareness of presence. Constant awareness of being in, you know, face-to-face with God. That's, that's real piety. That's what it means to really be religious. And so the Pizetsu says, when a person's emotions are aroused, so you have that right away. You're able to talk to God in the, sec- in the second person and say, Hashem, and one davens, Ovi, My father, merciful father, do like this and this for me. Do this for me, do that for me. So, period. Now, this, there should be a period over here, not a comma. Because that's they're saying, so when emotions are moved, he gives three examples. When a person, God forbid, has a tzara, or Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, or when a person is very inspired spiritually. In any of these times when your emotions are moved, your thoughts will, will, will stick to it. Thoughts stick to emotions. Oh, this is going to be very important because... It's going to be important when it comes to the Pizestra saying that, that emotions cause thought. And so we're going to learn that not everyone, it's going to be a different, that there is the whole, the whole that thought has to cause emotion. But Lemaise, let, let's see Vaiter. He says, but what's the problem, says the Pizestra? Rak, this thought, this strong thought that you had because you were emotionally invested. That you had when you were spiritually aroused. You can't perceive it, you can't grab onto it, you can't get back into that mind space. How many times have you had the thought, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, I wish I was back in the mind space like I was then. Right? I wish I had Kavana like I had then. Right? Because sometimes you don't have to work at having kavana. Sometimes it just happens, right? It's just, it's just me'elov. Right? It's just you feel it, and then you will just want to get back to that, right? In Buddhist meditation, they say that you should never want to get back to an experience. 
should always be born every moment f- from anew. Because that's already idolatry, like you're already... Exactly, you're already making, on. you're holding, it's yeah. already attachment. Yeah. It's already attached, what they would call attachment, what we would call, yeah, idolatry, yeah. But you want to be able to experience something as you experience it that first time. And but that's that so itself hard. I know, I know, I know, but I, but I understand, I know. But. What's yeah. wrong with going back to a comfortable place? No, 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 it's not going back to a comfortable place. That is always recommended. No, it's saying to go back to a headspace of feeling like inspired. You have those moments when you daven and the davening is great. And then like a day later, you like, you know, would rather have root canal than to daven, and you wish you could get into that headspace where you were, you know, two days ago. And I, oh, I wish I would have that same, I wish I would have that same kabana, I wish I would be as enthused, I wish I would be so into it like I was then. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's, it's a very depressing trap. I mean, yeah. there are some people that come back from the year in Israel, all inspired, and then those that are able to hang on to it, hang on to it, but many unfortunately crash because they... They, they just want to be like it was then. Mm. And it can't. It's, right? The only thing that's, that's constant is change, including our relationship with Hashem. It's constantly changing. It's constantly, constantly changing. <clears throat> Meaning it prevents you from being in the now. Right. To fixate on trying to be back in the... Beautiful, yeah. exactly. Right, say that again. Say that, articulate fixating that. Fixating on something in the past. Right. It prevents you from being in the now. In the now and serving God in the now, yeah. right? Where you're, where God wants you to be in the in the in this moment. In this spa- this headspace, yeah. He wants you to be in. It's like in, in Hasidus, you have very often you'll have like a mimer about Pesach says Pesach is the highest level. Get straight to God. Atzmos, all the other yom tovim or giluyim or this level, that level. Then you get to Shavuos. Shavuos, Shavuos is the highest yom because you know Atz anoichivaylekecha, but all the other yom tovim. Then you get to Sukkis, Sukkis! I know. So, but, but it's like it's a contradiction. Which is the hot? Which, and the answer is it depends where you are. It depends where you're holding in time. Because at that, at that moment, the now is the portal to get to Hashem. And so I when a person. That was such a dangerous thing. Whenever they, any of these things, like where there's these formulations, so if you just do this, it's like, what is it? Like you say Ashri three times a day. It's like, oh my gosh, if you could just say Ashri three times a day. You know, it, what, I forget what it said about it. If you say Ashri three times a day. Yeah, so that's all I gotta do. That's it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not no, but sure I'm saying with the holidays, it's too. It's like if I if I could just have Pesach at that high level of like, oh, but what about Shavuos and what about Sukkot and what about Shavuos? It's all these things. Sometimes I feel like these formulations, are, and they, I feel like the different people, it like throws you off. It's like, well, this is supposed to be the high, what about Purim? Well, I have me, the highest Purim. I mean, the way you're yeah. asking it, I'll respond as follows. Yeah. What is more important? Water, carbohydrates, proteins, fats. Or oxygen. What's most important? Oxygen. Okay. <laughs> what if you don't have? Breathe. What if you don't have water? What's most important? Hydrogen. Basically, the point I'm trying to say is that the point is you need all of them. I know, but I don't like when they, they make statements like the, what you were just saying about the holidays. They go, Pesach's the highest. It is when, when it's is Pesach. For that time. It is when it's Shavuos. Shavuos is the highest. That's exactly the point. That's what Rebefi just said. That, that in the being fully in the present means worshiping God as God is now. My dear, dear friend, Dr. Rabbi Dr. Benji Epstein's book, Living in the Presence, Presence yeah. right? About his book about, right? So he speaks about that. Imamish he, he, brings that idea that, that mindfulness of the now is ultimately the way to serve Hashem the best. Right? The meaning, right. this is it. This is the most important tefillah. 
and it says in Chassidus all the time that, that you know, the Lubavitcher Rebbe would say it all the time, that it should always be new in your eyes. And, and there's one place where Rashi says, in Parshat Kisar, Rashi says, it should be new. It's the first time you've ever put on tefillin. Mamish what Zen calls baby mind. Right? It's the first time. It's mamish, you have to feel that this is, this is the most important time. <clears throat> and he would speak about so often, he would say so often this idea that we have, it, it's a, you know, it's not easy to live like that, right? To, to think that something is always new. What does it mean it's always new? It means that this moment now, God has told me to put on tefillin. Like this moment now, saying these words in the sitter is what God wants from me. Right? So it's, it's yeah. Anyway, so with the Vardis, so the, let's go back to the Pizesna. So he's saying, I can't hold on to that thought. I can't hold on to that thought. What time is it? It's uh, 9.52. Oh, okay. He says, but the problem is that this thought, so my emotions bring about my thoughts to be so pronounced. He says, but I can't, I can't retain that thought. I can't bring it back. I can't bring back that loving feeling. Why? Why can't I bring back that thought? Number one, that, that strong thought process. Number one, It's a very hard thing to translate. What he's saying, the Piazetsna over here, is that because those thoughts that you had, the actual thought was very small in what caused your Islavus. The actual thought. It wasn't really the thought that caused you to have Islavus, to, ha- to cause you to be on fire. What was it? The emotion. The, like in the case of the Tsar, the feeling of pain, the feeling of suffering is what caused that thought to be so clear to God. It was the feeling that caused your thoughts to so strongly be able to focus on God because you had that tsar or you had that tremendous inspiration. So like you, you sit at a kumzitz and, and everyone's singing and you feel inspired and then the next day you want to have the inspiration. You can't have that thought anymore. Why? Because it wasn't really the thought. It was the emotion. It was the ambience. It was the, it was the inspiration. So mitsaira. The machshava was kikadnes eslavuse. Because of the pain that one felt, the actual thought was not the real eslavus. So that's one reason you can't go back to that thought. Why can't you go back to that mind space? Because that mind space was produced by emotions. To go back to the emotions? Oh. You don't want to go back to the thought. You want to go back to the emotion, no? So, oh, so that's what Shlaim is saying. So to go back to the emotions. Why don't you just go back to the emotions? Wait, 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 let me just say, wait, before, why, not go, so why not go back to the emotions? What, what question could you ask then? How do you arouse the emotions? You're saying, so don't go back to the emotions. You want to get back to the mind space, so arouse, but how do you arouse the emotions? Thought. And Pizetz is going to say in a couple of lines that it's a catch-22. It's literally a catch-22. What? Feeling. How do you get to the feeling? You feel it. Yeah, but you can't create the feeling can't reproduce the feeling how do you how do you that's not real you can just make an emotion you can't make it you can't just make an emotion because you want I, also, I know that she, she was 
it's spoken about as if like you could like just ha- you know have avas Hashem, but you can't. Like it's you have to. Act, it's something that you actually feel like. It's like an organic. It comes. It's real love. Yeah. It's real love. It's like when you love so if you love someone. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's 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 an emotion. It's hard to generate the emotion. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to say to Piazza so that it's only through thought that you right. can. Yeah. So you have this circular thing. Can't, so what, what are you supposed to start with? And you the answer is... play an instrument? I don't play any instruments. That's why I don't understand. Okay, I hear. No, music arouses emotions. Yeah, I would agree with you that music is definitely a way to arouse yeah, emotions. Fine. 100%. Can you have the same feeling of, let's say, let's say Blackbird by the Beatles, or something like that you know so well. The first time you heard it, maybe you felt... You, it doesn't, can't get back to the first emotion of it. The first time you heard it, you can't. You can't recreate that feeling. You might have a really amazing feeling about the song I still to today. The first time, but I can't. But music, music is very conducive to arouse emotions, not using the mind. But you can't go back to the feeling you had the first time you heard it, maybe. You have to go to the first but that's why, the so, But that's why the Nevi'im... You can't go to the now. You can't go well, to the now. The Nevi- I guess you're right. The prophets used Art. music. The Kabbalists used music. That's a device. Music. In other words, that, that's... That's an instrument to, to get, get to, to emotion. That emotion. Exactly. But I think it's even harder to, and I, I grant you that I could imagine, even though I don't play a musical instrument, I can imagine being able to play an old tune or a tune that I associate with that emotion, and that would be a, a, a helpful you know, heuristic to get there. But without the tool, I think it's very hard. Just self generated, I find that. Because I think even you would agree, music is not. Is not is something external at some level to self. It's no, not that's No, but I mean to say, but it, it's something something else that's arousing you. It's not coming from within. Or maybe you are. I made. I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe music is able to, to to bring that emotions that quickly. Maybe yeah, could be. Yeah. So the first thing, uh, um, and the second thing he says. But the idea basically that I want to say the Piazzetta is that the first problem, the reason that I can't go back into that headspace is because the thought was lost in the emotion. The thought was lost in the emotion. It was the emotion that was primarily felt. And he's going to say in a minute how we're going to get to that emotion. Vabez and the other, yeah. You said before, shame, shame, achat. I find it's confusing. No, no, no. He's going to say you have to work at both at the same time. That's going to be the answer, obviously. It's one builds in the next. You know, it's not, you know, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Right, but, it, right. but it has to be continuous. He's going to talk about both of them. <clears throat> yeah, if you look, let's skip for a second down on page 20. Uh, the last paragraph on the page, it starts, Machshava. Pure mindfulness. Because I'm, I'm in the middle of reading that. I just want to show what Jonathan Machshava Tahir, Tzli, Bisaris, Vislavos. Vislavos, Machshava Tahir. They're literally one is based on the other. They're interconnected, right? Let's go back to where we are. So he's saying there are two reasons it's hard for us to go back to a headspace. Number one, because it wasn't the thought, it was the emotion. And most people can't generate from themselves emotion at will. And number two, number two, now you're trying to get back to the headspace using your physical thought process. Your mundane thought process. So then you're stuck to only being able to have an actual physical thought and nothing and else. Deeper, Not the deeper spiritual, spiritual experience emotions. that you were having. Exactly. So the next thing is a, is a really new thing. Let's stop over here because I also want to discuss some. Say that again.
You were saying before that that line of Ubaloshim Akshava didn't make sense. Yeah. I think maybe what he's trying to say is that you don't need a Akshava to get you into that, you know, clarity of, of mind in that moment because it's, just, it's happening because of the tsar, because of the emotion that you're feeling. Oh, now that you're saying it says who you don't have machshav, you just have the emotions, you just have the slavas and the seris. Yeah, have, like, that's that's to get you there. Right, um, right. As opposed to what he's saying here at the end is that when you're not in that situation. Right, right. That's a beautiful way of reading it. I hear. That's that's very nice. It's confusing because it says yeah, so anyone else before we uh, call out a day?